Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello there. It's time for Ayers on the Road. <laughs> and we're literally on the road right now. We're pulled off the side of the road to make it as quiet as possible. Um, but we are having a good time. And actually, Christmas is over. It's amazing. And we're going to talk about something that's on everybody's mind this week. Which is New Year's resolution. Linda, did you know, I haven't I haven't talked about this with you, so I just want to see if you're up to date on the latest public opinion polling. Because I saw one the other day that, that was asking people what their New Year's resolutions were for 2015. Can you guess what the number one most common, most popular most frequently resolved New Year's resolution was in the whole United States of America? Well, this isn't fair because I know the answer. Oh, you do? Okay. I do. What is it? I'm thinking about losing the Christmas weight. Or losing weight in general. Or losing weight in general. The most popular of all New Year's resolutions is to lose weight. There are some other pretty amazing resolutions, but... Uh, now, you might say, why do the Ayers, who are supposed to be doing a program on parenting, why are they even interested in what people do for their New Year's resolutions? I mean, maybe we were wishing that the number one New Year's resolution was be a better parent or be a better husband or something like that. But you might ask yourself, why do you care that the number one resolution was to lose weight. Well, you know, the reason is because we're, I particularly am an expert on this. Actually, <laughs> I have lost 200 pounds. You know, you see people who have lost 200 pounds and you cannot believe it. Well, I have lost 200 pounds, 10 pounds, 20 times. It really is a constant effort to keep things under control. So see there, Linda, you just have the courage to make yourself a bad example because problem with most diets and again I'm the research guy here Linda's telling you these personal stories about the 200 pounds she's lost I'm the research guy and I can tell you that the vast majority of those who lose weight on some diet doesn't matter what diet it is there's a lot of them out there a lot to choose from gain the weight back within a year and that's pretty that's pretty discouraging, isn't it? Well, it is, but it's a good year. I mean, really. <laughs> I've done that. And actually, I lasted two years the last time, and I was very happy. And actually, I'm down further than I was when I started two years ago. Oh, listen, those of you who know Linda know she looks great all the time. It's just with you're, – you're so lucky, Linda, because with you, it's just a matter of this little five or ten extra pounds, which you get rid of when you want to. But you're you're in the range. You're You're – you're perfect, I think. I personally think you always look perfect, so there. <laughs> myself, on the other exactly hand, right. <laughs> myself, on the other hand, if I don't play tennis often, like every day, then I have to really start watching what I eat. But again, let me call this back. What are, what are we doing talking about dieting and weight loss on a parenting show, on a show about families? Well, let me just take a crack at that. Believe it or not, one of the biggest problems we run into in the work we do with families is health problems. I mean, 
if you've got a family and you're having a health issue, and some of them are way beyond our control, you may just have a sickness that you had no control over. You may have a condition. You may have a syndrome of some kind. You may, almost every family has some health worries. The ones that are in a way the most troublesome, though, are the ones that are preventable. And, you know, we're aware of so many kids now who are getting early onset diabetes. We're aware of so many kids who are overweight and who are having a hard time um, you know, just keeping up with other kids. We're, we're aware of how, how often families, partly because of how busy they are and how many of them have two wage earners and so on, we're, we're just stunned and appalled and, and disturbed by how many families pretty much exist on junk food, pretty much exist on fast foods and so on. We're not trying to be judgmental. We're just saying that is an issue. I mean, you can't you can't say, well, let's talk about parenting and strong families and commitments and all these other things, and let's ignore our bodies because whether we like it or not, how healthy we are, how good we feel has an enormous amount to do with how well we do with our relationships. And it's not just the kids. It's parents who don't feel up to par or who are not very happy with themselves or with how they look, that has a major negative impact on what kind of parents they are. It really is amazing what a difference it makes. You know, it's just so, sometimes I'm just feeling so, ugh, I just, I just feel heavy and my pants are tight and my birds are tight. And then I just think, well, you know, it would just, I would be so much happier if I just lost 10 pounds or 5 pounds. And I am much happier. But then the next meal comes up or the next treat <laughs> comes up before me, and I just think, oh, I don't know if I want it that bad. And so you start all over again. But there are some things that you can really do that make a difference, and it is the reason that I am down uh, less than I was a couple of years ago. Well, and I think what we have to say to ourselves is, what is our responsibility to our children? Um do do we have a responsibility to our kids to stay as healthy as we can? Do we have a responsibility to our spouse to stay as healthy as we can? One of the interesting things is that we often think of our weight and our physical condition as a vanity thing. We, we think of it as something that's selfish, like I want to have a better body. I want to look better. I want to have a better self-image and so on. And, yeah, there is a lot to that, and that is one reason for wanting to take care of ourselves. But I think sometimes the greater motivation is actually whether we are taking care of ourselves for the people we love, for the people that matter most to us. I mean, I think I'm more motivated. I'm just speaking for myself here, Linda, but I'm I'm more motivated when I say to myself, you know, I'm going to lose some weight and try to keep it off. For Linda, because I love Linda, and candidly, Linda looks a whole lot better than I do, and I can't stand it when people meet us and say, oh, Mr. Iyer, you brought your daughter with you today. That bugs me. (laughs) That bugs me. Um, It really is interesting, though, the difference it makes in your life when you feel that you're really healthy and fit. And 
sometimes it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't mean that you're skinny. It doesn't mean that you're really thin. It just means you're eating good food, you're taking good care of your body, because genetics does play into this, honey. Oh, no question. And uh, sometimes just a, a, a bigger bone, heavier set body is just part of your gen- genetics. But and that's all right as long as you're exercising and taking good care of your body and really aware of what you're putting into it. Well, the last thing we would ever advocate is that there's some perfect body type or some sort of image that we should all try our hardest to to gain. Instead, we should just think in terms of making the very best we can of the body we've been given. And and that's really what we're going to talk about today. We're going to take a break here in a couple of minutes, and we're going to introduce this slightly more. And then after the break... We're going to, and you may say, well, who are the Iyers to to suggest a diet? Who are the Iyers? They don't have degrees in nutrition. They're not medical doctors. And it's true, we're not, but we have done some interesting research, and we've done it from the standpoint of what our expertise really is, and that is healthy families. And we're going to suggest to you, and I'll just prepare you for it a little now before we go to break, and then Linda may have a word or two before the short break, but my my view is this. When you think about a diet or when you think about nutrition in general, the goal should not be lose 14 pounds or lose 28 pounds. That's just the beginning of a much larger goal. The goal should be stabilize my weight at a healthy level and keep it there for a long, long time. And, if, if I mean, it doesn't take anything but a sort of common sense instinct to know that a body that stays stable over time in terms of its weight and its muscle tone and so on is going to be a lot better off than one, and no disrespect to you personally, Linda, but one that keeps going up and down, up and down. Well, I do have to say, though, that every body is different, and you have to know your own body and have to know what works and what doesn't work. And I think we're going to have a little argument in the second half because you do it a little differently than I do. Stay tuned. You're going to hear the Iyers argue about a diet, but we're not, actually let's not even call it a diet, Linda. We're going to suggest to you five habits, personal habits, that are really health habits. But a byproduct of these five five habits is you will lose weight. There is no question; it is guaranteed. I give it the Linda J. Iyer personal guarantee. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back in a minute to talk about it. Right after this break. Iyer's on the road, parenting in a modern world. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. This is going to be exciting because we've been talking about this diet for several years, and actually I have been going, and you have too, really abiding by most of it where we go up and down like everything else. But it is going to be interesting because we are going to argue a little bit because I have a different body type than Richard. Thank goodness. Thank goodness your body is different than mine. <laughs> That's what I say. But I mean, Viva la difference, you, you feel that your your bottom line is exercise. That's how you can lose weight. Uh, I feel that my bottom line is calories. And so it'll be interesting to talk about for a minute. Well, we do have to mention that our producer, Benjamin, um, just told us during the break that he has lost 100 pounds. Now, people that do that are, it just blows my mind because it is so 
hard to lose 10 pounds. Well, but I'm glad Benjamin brought that up because his weight gain had to do with the thyroid condition. There are a lot of people who... One of the first things we should never do, and, and, and I think this goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, never look at someone and judge them and say, oh, that person's overweight. Why can't he take better care of himself? It might be a medical condition. You never know. And certainly, again, getting back to the point we made earlier, this is not about some ideal body type. This is about health. And that's why we're not going to call this uh, a diet. We're just going to suggest to you five habits that we have tried. We wrote a column on this in a publication several years ago, and literally hundreds of people uh, responded, and it was very positive, and they did lose a lot of weight. So let's get into these habits, Linda. Habit number one, and keep in mind there's only five, and they're all simple. Now, that doesn't mean they're easy, but they're all simple. Habit number one we call the water habit, and it is simply that you drink a big, tall glass of water before every meal. And this does a couple of things. Number one, it fills up your stomach to a large degree and causes you to have less room in there to eat more. It dims your your appetite a little bit. And the byproduct of that first habit, the water habit, is you keep hydrated. We have a good doctor friend who, who we love and who's very practical about a lot of things. And he says the biggest problem in America is sort of a chronic low-grade dehydration of people who just don't drink enough. They think, well, I'm drinking soda or I'm drinking Diet Coke or I'm, I'm drinking milk or whatever. And, and the fact is, to be hydrated, you need to drink water. Oh, I think in every diet, that's the number one thing. I mean, whether it's a low-carb diet, a low-fat diet, whatever it is you're doing, they always say drink eight glasses of water a day, and that is the hardest thing for me. If I don't start first thing in the morning, if I forget, because I don't naturally drink a lot of water first thing in the morning, um, I'm dead. Well, it is hard to drink, but, but, you know, if you get up in the morning and drink two or three glasses of water right when you get up, then you've got to jump on it. But as far as the diet part of this goes, or the habit we're talking about here, the big, tall glass of clear, wonderful water, the best drink on the planet, right before each meal, that's the thing that will help control your appetite. So that's habit number one. And by the way, a lot of you know that the the common wisdom is if you can do something for 21 days, it becomes a habit. It, It starts to lodge in your soul and you begin to do it out of habit. And so on all these habits, we're challenging you at the beginning of this new year to do it for 21 consecutive days. Habit number two, oh, did you have something more on habit number one? Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, I may be wrong, but it really is the bottom line thing for every diet is just getting, keeping hydrated and keeping that water in your system. So number two. Okay, so habit number two uh, in some ways is an easy one, but in, in, in some ways sounds a little silly, but it's actually very, very important. I call it the slow habit, eating slow. And the way to eat slower, and we could go on and on about this. I mean, there's a wonderful diet book called Why French Women Don't Get Fat. And the bottom line is that they, they eat their food slowly. They savor it. They don't eat like gluttons. But but the the way to do this, in my opinion, this may sound a little gimmicky, but it actually works, 
is set your fork or your spoon down between bites. Don't just keep it in your hand and shovel it in like you're like you're digging. Set, take a bite. Set the fork down on the table. Pick it back up. Take another bite. Set it down on the table. What that'll cause you to do is chew your food better. It'll charge you to savor your food. It'll it'll cause the food to taste better. It's a very simple habit, but it will end up causing you to eat less because you're eating slower. You're taking longer with each bite. You're chewing better, masticating, as they say. And so habit number two is the slow habit. And I have to say that's one of the hardest ones for me because I'm always on to the next thing. I rarely sit down and just really enjoy a meal. I have to say that you are so good at this, but it's also kind of annoying because we get to the end of a, a long conversation with friends, and Richard's still only eaten half of his um, half of his dinner, and all of us have done, and we're ready for dessert. And he's but that's the whole point. Time. I've only eaten half of it, oh. which leads to habit number three: the heart of this diet, the heart of this this proposal we're making to you, and the hardest one of the five, and that is the half habit, H-A-L-F. And, and this is where the real discipline comes in, because this diet or this, this proposal we're making to you doesn't have a thing where you count calories. It doesn't have a thing where you count fat grams. It doesn't have a thing where you don't eat this and you only eat carbohydrates. It has none of that. What it has is this very difficult but very important challenge, just eat half. Now, what does that mean? Well, if you're going out together as a couple, order one entree and share it, and each of you eat half of it. If you're eating at home, you know what your normal portion would be. Take exactly half of that. And again, the interesting thing with habits two and three is that you're eating slower by setting your fork down between each bite and you're only eating half. So it ends up taking you the same amount of time to eat as it would if you ate your normal gluttonous meal, but you're only eating half and you're eating it all slower. So if you can do number three, you are really going to make progress. The discipline is only eat three meals a day and eat only half of what you normally would. Well, just so that you know that we're not perfect, um, I have to say that is absolutely great advice, but it is really hard. I mean, what if you're still hungry when you've eaten half? I mean, you can look forward if you have dessert, that may half dessert is fine for me, but but you've got to eat until you feel like you're satisfied. And I don't have a problem with half. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure you eat until you're satisfied. I think satis- being satisfied is sort of letting your appetite win out over you. In other words, I'm going to give in to my appetite and eat until I don't feel hungry anymore. I think the idea of eating half is to sort of get it in your head that being a little bit hungry is a good thing, just a little bit. Just having that little edge of hunger actually makes you more alert. It makes you more sort of good in terms of how you're feeling inside your body. And so and it's kind of this is this habit number three is where the rubber meets the road. This is where you determine, am I going to win this battle or is my appetite? My appetite's saying, hey, you ate half of this. You're still hungry. Eat the other half. And you're saying, no, I'm done. I ate that half and that's all. Now, admittedly, it's actually easier 
to do this diet when you go out to eat because you order one entree and you split it between the two of you. The hard part is when you're home and you, you have to be honest enough to say, I would normally eat this much. I am going to cut. We, we've even had some people say, I put, I, I load my plate up like I normally do. Then I literally take half of it off just so I can sort of demonstrate to myself I am eating half. This is the habit I'm getting myself into. Well, the funny thing that happens is, though, if we go to a restaurant and we order something when we don't order just one thing that we share, which we do often, but sometimes we don't want the same thing. So we offer, you know, we order separate things. So then we take it home in a box. And then I eat mine the next day, but you eat yours at midnight. That's true. I have a problem have with that. that. I have a fourth meal, and that 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 gets in. You're making great segues here subconsciously, and that leads to habit number four, which is makes sense. I mean, you'd almost guess what this is. You just eat three meals a day. And if you're going to snack at all in between, so so what we're saying now, you're building this one habit after another. You're eating three meals a day, and each of them are half of what you'd normally eat or half of an order or whatever. And then to go with that, you don't snack in between meals, except you can eat a piece of fruit or a vegetable. That's all. If you limit your snacks to a fruit or a vegetable, you can't eat a cookie, you can't eat a donut, you can't eat a sandwich you can't eat in if you're going to really develop this habit if you get hungry enough and you got to have something you eat a banana or you eat a piece of an apple or you you, you eat a uh, some beans i mean as long as it's a fruit or vegetable i guarantee you you will not pig out on that you will not overtake yourself and become a glutton on those vegetables and fruits well the problem with that is that for us is that you love fruits and vegetables. I do not love fruits and vegetables. I eat them because they're good for me. I can only eat half an apple and then I'm done. I can't eat the rest of it. And I cannot imagine and you always say now you get to a point where your body starts preferring the green beans over the chocolate chip cookie. I will never get there, honey. Well, let me elaborate a little on that theory. And this is, this is based on some conversations I've had with some pretty authoritative um, nutritionists and doctors, and I don't know if you could ever prove this in a laboratory, but here's the theory for what it's worth. Think about your appetite for a minute. Your appetite really has a job to do, and that is to get enough nutrition into your body to keep you going. That's, that's That's the task of your appetite, your appetite for food. Now, if you're eating a ton, a lot of junk food, if you're eating a lot of poor quality food, your appetite really doesn't care because it's getting enough nutrients. It's also getting a lot of junk, but it's getting enough nutrients, and that's its job. Now, the theory is if you start exercising control over your appetite and essentially saying, I am only eating half, that's it, I'm done, not eating anymore, then over a fairly short amount of time, days, weeks perhaps, your appetite in an effort to do its job, which is to get enough nutrients into you, essentially comes to a conclusion if an appetite can come to a conclusion. And that is, I can't demand quantity anymore. I'm not getting quantity. I, therefore, because I have this job to get enough nutrients, I'm going to have to demand 
more quality. If I'm only going to get this certain amount, this half amount that I've been used to, I better demand that it's quality food or I won't get the nutrients that I need to do to fulfill my job. And so I really believe, and I think I think uh, you may not agree totally, but I think you'd agree with the theory, Linda, that if if you're really disciplined about that and all you're going to eat is this this lesser amount, then the nourishing things are going to start looking a little better to you. And the unnourishing things that don't provide nutrients are going to start to look worse. I'm sorry, but I just have to disagree. <laughs> I just have to disagree with that one. I just cannot imagine that. And maybe it's because I haven't been long enough or whatever, but um, I do think a treat for something that you adore once in a while for a snack, if, if you get too hungry between meals, then I eat way too much when I do eat because I'm starving. I have to have something that really does satisfy me. And maybe that's nuts, you know, something that has a lot of protein in it. Well, maybe we could add nuts to the fruit and vegetables. Oh, thank you. Oh, that'd be just good. for you. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, you, you do have to, or maybe just a chocolate chip cookie, um, you know, once in a while. What, I wouldn't I mean, go for it on the cookie. Ah, no, no, now, now we're getting... It was the now. first time of the year that we've had... <laughs> All right. Let's, let's agree to disagree a little on okay. that one. But habit, okay. habit number five is exercise. And you just got to do it, folks. I mean, that is part of the deal. And it doesn't have to be elaborate. You don't have to be an athlete. But I say 20 minutes of some kind of exercise, whether it's a brisk walk, whether it's a treadmill, whether it's a stationary bicycle, that's what gets those calories burning. But it's also what gets your body feeling toned and in tune. Now, let me review the five and give them a name and have you think about whether you want to try this and see how it feels after 21 days. So habit number one, the water habit. Habit number two, the slow habit, setting the fork down between each bite. Habit number three, the half habit, just eating half the entree. Habit number four, the snack habit, only eating fruit or vegetable or a nut if you have to have something in between meals. And number five, the exercise habit. I'm going to make you a guarantee that if you'll get in those five habits, you will lose weight and you will preserve your health. And I do just have to say before we end that three times a week for me is fine for exercise because just the way my body's put together, it would be better if I did five, but I can't force myself. You can't force yourself not to do it. All right. I, so, I agree. But, folks, do it, do it for your kids. Do it for your spouse. And get your kids involved doing it with you. Eat healthier as families because your family is the most important thing you have. May we do it. We wish you the best. Good luck. Happy New Year. See you next time on Ayers on the Road.